I'm Kimberly C. Paul. Today we talk with Dr. Michael Greger. He's an author, nutrition expert, and founder of nutritionfacts.org. His book, How Not to Die. How do we become the architect of our own destiny? Throughout two decades of working with the dying, I think I've discovered the secrets to dying well in America. We must learn to build the pathways to our last chapter, to create the blueprints that reflects our individual lives and values. Knowledge is power, and if we desire a death that reflects our life, we must become the designer. First of all, I have just finished your book. Oh, great. And it has totally changed some of my thinking. Great. So let me ask you, the when I first saw the title, I was like, this is a doctor that doesn't believe everyone's going to die. But when you started reading it, it really talked a little bit about how you can live longer with chronic disease through food intake management. Um, and so why do you feel it was important to write a book like this? Right. It's not how to not die, but how not to die, as in, you know, prematurely in pain after a long chronic disabling illness. Um, but the good news is uh, we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. That's why I wrote the book. We have the power. We just have to put it into, uh, into uh, action in our lives. So in America, our diets contain a lot of processed foods. This is having like a negative effect on our health. And in this book, How Not to Die, you created a daily dozen list of key items that should be eaten every day. So can you, let's talk about your daily dozen. Right. So, you know, I, so I have this website, uh, nutritionfacts.org. It has more than a thousand videos, new videos and articles every day. But, uh, thought, you know, uh, it can be a little overwhelming. There's so much information. So, I mean, part of writing the book was to distill it all the most kind of compelling bits into one source. But I didn't just want it to be a reference book. You know, there's thousands of citations. But I want it to be kind of a practical guide on, you know, day-to-day kind of grocery store type decisions. And so that became the second half of the book where I center my recommendations around a daily dozen um, uh, um, uh, recommendations for some of the healthiest foods that try to include into your daily diet. So I tell you, you know, we need to get the greens every day, the healthiest vegetables, berries every day, the healthiest fruits, uh, a quarter teaspoon of turmeric, a tablespoon of ground flax seeds, the healthiest sweeteners, the healthiest beverages, how much to exercise, just kind of on down the list um, in terms of the things that we I try to do in my own family. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, it's not so easy when I'm on the road stuck in some airport food court, but when I have control of my life, I can, uh, I can usually uh, check off all the boxes. So, you're, so I, if I recall, it's any kind of greens. You recommend blueberries is the, the best berry or any berries. Any berries. Whatever berry you'll eat the most of. So blackberries, for example, more antioxidants than blueberries. But if you don't like blackberries, eat blueberries. If you don't like blueberries, eat strawberries, etc. And also, this you turmeric and a couple other, but you're big into berry seeds, too. Oh, yeah. Seeds are good. So a tablespoon of ground flax seeds every day, but all seeds, you know, chia, pumpkin, etc. on down the list. Um, have all sorts of wonderful properties. And uh, so I encourage people to eat nuts and seeds every day. I started reading your book and I was like, you know what? I'm interviewing you. Let me go on a plant-based diet for a couple of weeks. 
let's let's put some of the things that he's talking about into theory and actually how hard is it to do and i do really feel i feel great ah fantastic that's that's the whole point <laughs> well you know and this so i was telling my sister about this whole experience and she's like well how do you get your protein and how do you get your calcium if you don't drink milk and I think these are some of the questions that a lot of people are are going to ask. So, what do you? So, tell me, how does a plant based diet provide protein? So, anyone who doesn't know how to get protein on a plant based diet doesn't know beans. Literally, legumes, beans, split peas, chickpeas, and lentils. These are the um, plant protein superstars of the plant kingdom. Um, and uh, so uh, people eating strictly plant-based diets on average get about twice as much protein as they need, just like everybody else in this country. Um, uh, protein deficiency is not something to worry about as long as you're eating enough calories. Um, uh, you know, I mean, as a physician, I've never once seen Kwashiorkor or Pelagra or Beriberi, all these nutrient deficiency diseases. What I do see is diseases of nutrient excess. So I see diseases of excess sugar and salt and saturated fat and trans fats and all sorts of garbage. Um, and so, I mean, that's so the so, for example, 97 percent of Americans don't even reach the recommended minimum daily intake of fiber. Ninety eight percent of Americans don't reach the recommended minimum daily intake of potassium, for example. So but you don't hear people where are you going to get your fiber. That's whatever. That's what people are really missing out on. Right. Correct. Um, but it's just a it's just a very different kind of I don't know. I mean, so. So, yeah, protein, we don't have to worry about protein. What we do have to worry about is our inadequate intake of whole plant foods. Uh, but there's something we can do about it. It's called the produce aisle. It's called the farmer's market. Uh, CSA, do it. And there's the other myth is that milk is the only source of calcium. Well, so you have to say, well, wait a second. Where did the cow get all the calcium in the first place? The cow got the calcium from plants. We can cut out the middle cow, go straight to the plant sources ourselves. And it's all about what kind of baggage we want with our nutrients. See, the food industry loves talking about nutrients rather than food. Because if it's about nutrients, then you can take a breakfast cereal with fluorescent marshmallows uh, with little now with vitamin D now with fiber whole you know um and and I mean that so I mean the food industry would love to sell you low carb junk food uh, low fat junk food gluten free junk food paleo junk food any kind of junk food you want because oh we just care about nutrients but we don't eat nutrients we eat food and so as much as Burger King says you can have it your way you can't go up and be like yeah can I get a burger please uh, uh, but uh, hold the saturated fat hold the trans fat hold the, the hormones and the antibiotics. No, it's a package deal. So yes, there is iron and beef. There's there's protein in pork. There is calcium in dairy. So yes, dairy is number one source of calcium in the country. It's also number one source of saturated fat. Um, I mean, so, so well, wait a second. If you get um, your nutrients from whole plant foods, whole healthy plant foods, well, then what's the baggage you get from the uh, calcium and uh, dark green leafy vegetables? The baggage you get is the fiber and the folate and the, and the you know, antioxidants and the, you know, uh, potassium, the lutein, all these things missing from, you know, iron, missing from the dairy source. And so you, so, so the quote-unquote baggage you get, because food is a package deal, um, by choosing whole food sources of your nutrients, you can get a bonus rather than baggage. Now, you don't eat any meat at all, or do you? I, I do try to eat healthy and not be a hypocrite and uh, 
eat the diet that I recommend to all my patients. Having said that, uh, you know, I, you know, I <laughs> sometimes I'm on the road stuck in, you know, Alabama eating, you know, Taco Bell bean burritos. But look. I do my best. Well, uh, and that's I, I and that's what's come across in the book is that you know there are going to be situations that that you're in that you're plant based. You're not. It's not accessible. But as a consistent way of life, you're recommending the plant based diet. Now, if you want to throw chicken or steak in there every once in a while, you don't see that as harmful. But you're you're saying that a plant based diet is the best. Well, look, it doesn't matter what you eat on your birthday or holidays or special occasions. It's the day-to-day stuff that really adds up. In fact, there's something called a social smoker. There are some people that never get addicted, and they can have a few cigarettes literally a year at a party or something, and then never pick up another pack of cigarettes. Now, as a physician, I don't tell people to do that. Um, because the concern is that uh, one cigarette will lead to another, and then soon you're smoking a pack a day. Um, But if your psychology is such that, yeah, you can go on a cruise, eat like crap, but then come back, clean up your diet, you know, and and jump back on, you know, a healthy wagon, then that's fine. But if, you know, on that cruise, you know, having that first piece of cake, then when you get back, you're going to be stuck back in your rut. Well, then maybe you don't want to eat that cake on the cruise. It's not that one piece of cake. It's the fact that you've so kind of trained your taste buds away from that hyper salty, hyper sweet, hyper fatty, you know, processed kind of junk food lifestyle. um, And that all of a sudden now natural, whole healthy plant foods taste good. Um, You know, I mean, the ripest peach in the world is going to taste sour after a bowl of Fruit Loops. I mean, it's just, I mean, we we need to kind of retrain our taste buds. And once you do that, it happens really rapidly, just in a few weeks. Once you do that and healthy food actually tastes good, well, then uh, there's a, you know, then then on that holiday, you know, bender, when you're eating all that cheesecake and then all of a sudden you go back and eat your apple and you're like, oh, this is this is gross. I'm going to go have another piece of cheesecake. Well, that's that could be the problem. But it's not that one slice that does it. Well, what I've noticed in the last two weeks, you know, being on a plant based diet is that things are more sweeter than I thought they were naturally. I mean, yeah, you know what? Yeah. When people see, you know, when people see me eat like a, you know, sweet potato with a little cinnamon on top, they're like, oh, I could never eat that way. It's like, Ugh. you know, but but they don't realize, no, it actually tastes good to me um, because, you know, my taste buds are normal now that I haven't been kind of blunting them with these, you know, the, the processed food industry's attempt to kind of subvert my taste buds. I was talking to uh, a, f- a family friend uh, who happens to be a physician that was at a family function. And I asked him, I was like, so I've been doing all this research. And this was a, a couple of years ago. And he's a cardiologist resident. And I said, so do you think you can reverse heart disease? And he sort of looked at me, um, rolled his eyes and was like, no. And I, and what you were telling me is that there's some chronic diseases based on your diet you can totally reverse what is happening in your body? Heart disease is, in fact, the heart disease is the perfect example. We've known since July 23rd, 1990, when Dr. Dean Ornish published his landmark lifestyle heart trial on the Lancet, the most prestigious medical journal in the world, proving with something called quantitative angiography that indeed heart disease could be reversed without drugs, without surgery, just a healthy plant-based diet and other uh, lifestyle behaviors. And so uh, your friend is simply wrong. And in fact, hasn't kept up with the literature for at least 16 years. 
why doesn't, when you come in and first have heart disease, why isn't your physician saying, hey, here's a pres- prescription for a plant-based diet? Let's try that first. Why is that not happening, do you think? Well, so there's a, a number of reasons. First of all, physicians suffer a severe nutrition deficiency in education. We just weren't taught in medical school how to use food. I mean, we just didn't, we were lacking this tool in our medical toolbox. We just weren't told how to um, uh, advise people on how to take better care of themselves. There's also, uh, you know, kind of logistical issues, time constraints, um, reimbursement issues. And, you know, the, the drug industry certainly has played a role in medical education and practice. You know, you can, you know, ask the last, ask your friend the last time he was taken out to dinner by Big Broccoli. It's probably been a while. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean... You know, it's just the system isn't like no one makes money off of. I mean, the reason you don't see an ad for broccoli at the Super Bowl is it's not a branded product, right? You, so even a broccoli manufacturer is not going to advertise broccoli because you'll just buy your his or her competitor's broccoli. Like, I mean, you can't even. There's no markup. I mean, you know, something like the reason. You know, Coca-Cola is so profitable is because dirt cheap ingredients you can sell for a couple bucks a bottle. It's not like you know, Coca-Cola is out to make kids fat. They just, that's what's most profitable. If they can make more money selling sweet potatoes, they'd sell sweet potatoes. But you just can't, you can make money selling junk and you can make money uh, treating people for the rest of their lives with drugs like blood pressure medications, cholesterol medications for the rest of their lives every day um, than you can, you know, treating a cause. I mean, the system just isn't set up to uh, help people, but the, the consequences that is hundreds of thousands of people dying unnecessarily every year. So the one thing I, I love about your book is I, I, of course, listened to the audio book as I walked and got ready and, and things as you are right now on your treadmill. And, and what I loved is I went back and downloaded this enormous I would think is, uh, I think it was like 145 pages of just articles that you've researched this book so thoroughly that in the medical industry, we call that evidence-based. Um, that Tell me a little bit about what it took to do all of this research, because you're not just, you know, saying this, you have documented evidence that this is, does work. Yeah, so there's about 3,000 citations in the book. The problem is, is that, you know, many people, I mean, don't have that. So even if you want, you know, so I talk about a study, oh, this is what strawberries can do for you, cite a particular study. And most people can look at the citation, but can't actually pull the actual paper since it's behind some paywall online or something. That's why I much prefer kind of the online format at nutritionfacts.org where all my videos, I don't just cite some paper, I show you the paper. Like here's the paper, here's the graph, here's the chart, here's the quote in context right from the paper so you can actually read it yourself. Then of course, you know, I have a link, hyperlink, you can download the PDF, you know, read the whole article yourself, make sure I don't take anything out of context. That's really important. I mean, when it comes to something as life or death important for your family, like nutrition, you don't want to listen to someone's beliefs or someone's, you know, uh, opinion or what someone at the gym said. 
you want to actually, I mean, we put more, I mean, so many people put more kind of research into like buying a new toaster than they do as to, oh, you know, when patients come to me, I say, well, why do you eat this way? They're like, oh, yeah, someone told me to eat it, you know, or I heard about it, or I'm just like, what? I mean, you're talking about, you know, your, your life here. I mean, you don't just, you know. Um, you're putting this in your body. I mean, you should at least make sure that it's based on, you know, the best available balance of evidence. And so that's something that um, is very important to me. Absolutely. We should all um, follow evidence-based nutrition. If there's anything in life we should demand evidence for, it should be something that so critically affects the health and well-being of our family. So you brought up your your website, uh, nutritionfact.org and this is you you founded this website it is totally a nonprofit no one is benefiting off this website you wanted to be a resource for individuals that if i i even have used it a few times like is this good for me um and i would go there and look at it and it's it's got so much information about it so tell me what what inspired you to follow back on with this website was the book first or the website first so the website first website is about five years old now um, basically it's the resource i wish i had going through medical training um uh, and uh in fact look there should be 10 other nutrition facts that org type nutrition websites there's certainly enough research out there there should be a fitness facts.org and a sleep medicine and uh you know i mean stress management i mean there we should i mean uh, you know again we're talking life or death you know so we want to make sure everything's based on evidence and it turns out there's just this mountain of overwhelming evidence so you know when ornish came out in 1990 saying that look our number one killer of men and women is reversible not just preventable treatable but reversible with diet and lifestyle changes um and so you know then i said wait a second why didn't that day the entire profession changed. I mean, here we go, number one killer, hundreds of thousands of people continue to die more than a decade later every year from preventable, arrestable, reversible disease. So we say, if something like that, the cure to our number one killer could get lost down some rabbit hole and ignored, what else is out there in the medical literature but that just doesn't have a corporate budget driving its promotion? Well, I made it my life's mission to find out. That's why I wrote the book, How Not to Die, and that's why I started the website, nutritionfacts.org. Is it really what we intake is, is equaling our health? So it's about 70% of all chronic disease. Um, uh, and so that's, you know, uh, mo- most of what primary we see in primary care is these chronic diseases. I mean, and look, modern medicine is fantastic for acute conditions. You come in with an infection, a broken bone, we're awesome at that, right? Um, But when it comes to chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, these are leading killer diseases medicine is very little offer i mean the kind of conventional medicine i mean we can you know give you drugs insulin injections we can slow down your diabetes we can slow down your blindness and your kidney failure and your road to amputations but i mean the the reason that pills and procedures are so ineffective is because you're not treating the cause these are lifestyle diseases and so unless you treat the cause then you're never going to reverse these conditions. And those conditions are all reversible. You treat the cause, and the body has a remarkable ability to heal. We are a self-healing machine. Now, look, sure, you can choose moderation and hit yourself with a smaller hammer, but why beat yourself up at all? Right, right. So 
to to close before you let's talk about turmeric really quick. Um, you you call it a a a I think it's a wonder spice um, that helps. Um, now you're talking to someone that went out and tried to find turmeric root, but couldn't find it at a grocery store. Complained about it, and then went and got turmeric powder and started putting stuff the powder into my um, smoothie. Anything like if I my, I had it on my baked pota- uh, baked potato last night. Um, so because you have convinced me and evidence based, I did read a couple of the articles about turmeric that I was like. Why would no one, it's like no one knows how good this is. And I felt like I was in the protocol saying, this is a miracle root. And um, yeah, it was, it was over Christmas and people are like. Because it's dirt cheap, right? Because no one makes any money off it. So tell me, uh, all of this was great information. Um, Tell me if you could recommend one thing to the average person that would possibly radically change their health what would that be well i mean so the two health the, well the three healthiest foods foods are uh, beans greens and berries so if there are three things you could add to your diet it'd be beans greens and berries and if there are three things to remove from your diet like the worst of the worst it would be a trans fat so like hydrogenated vegetable oils like crisco something like that um processed meat which is a category one carcinogen um, and soda, probably those would be the three things that I would, uh, the first three things I'd pull out of someone's diet. Um, and so that combination of those two will probably go a long way to improving the American diet. Well, I appreciate this walk with you today as we uh, talked about nutrition. Um, like I said, people, where can people find you? You have a website, nutritionfacts.org, but you also have a personal website, correct? Uh, yeah, um, but uh, but all the the important work is at nutritionfacts.org. My contact information is on there. Okay, good. Uh, but uh, every month I do uh, live Q and A's. You can ask questions. So yeah, um, uh, hope I can help you and your family live longer, healthier lives. Well, you absolutely are. Thank you so much for your time. And again, you are a speaker. So if you're interested out there looking for someone to come speak, uh, I've seen some videos. Uh, you do a great job. You're just down to earth, just given the facts. So I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Keep up the good work yourself. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.